You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleburne, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleburne.com. Man, I love what Pastor Grant said about 2019. 2019 is dead and 2020 is alive. Anybody excited about 2020? Man, you know, I think God has some great things in store for 2020. I've I've been praying about 2020 for a while. I've just asked the Lord simply, Lord, what is it? What is it that you want Hope Church to do in 2020? Uh, Because I felt like last year was going to be a pivotal, growing, shaping year. I felt that from the beginning. And I really feel like this year is going to be the year that God is going to begin to define the new season as a church. Now, if you don't I've been your pastor seven years now, seven years, uh, and I'm entering into my eighth year. And, And so if you know anything about biblical seasons, that season is over and there's a new season that's coming. And so... What I'm going to begin to shape for you guys in the next three weeks is something that God has been shaping in my heart. Now, I want to give you this. It's nothing brand new. It's not that Pastor Todd is taking this brand new ground-shaking transformational vision. No, it's just simply going back to what the Bible says. It's just simply going back to the Bible and reminding us what we are called to do as a church. Now, let me give you some stats that floored me and began to direct me towards what God is going to shape us for today. If you were here last week, I talked about this a little bit, and I'm going to talk about this until we get it in our heads. Uh, Psychiatrists say we need to hear something at least seven times before it actually sticks. I don't know that I'll say it seven times, but I hope you can get it after four or five. So if you draw a circle around the church, a five-mile radius, take a piece of string that's five miles long and draw a five-mile radius around the church, as of 2019, there was 35,115 people within a five-mile radius. You're like, well, that's bigger than Cleburne. Well, our five-mile radius is Cleburne, Godly, Keene, and Joshua. God has placed us at a crossroads that we affect not just Cleburne, but we get the opportunity to affect four cities, Cleburne, Joshua, Keene, and Godley. And so in 2017, the study that I read said 62.7% of the population within the five mile radius of the church was not involved with anything to do with church. That means in the five-mile radius of this church, there's 22,000, 22,017 people that do not know the transformative work of Jesus. Now, as a church, on a Sunday morning when we have 300 people in here, may we never get excited until 22,000 people are reached. In Cleburne, if you use the same math, in Cleburne, there's 30,230 people. That means in Cleburne alone, there's 18,954 people that do 
not know Jesus. Here's the problem. We pride ourselves as a city that follows after God. Tell me, a city that follows after God with 30,000 people, that 18,000 people don't go to church, is that a city that follows after God? Or is that a religious spirit that needs the Lord? I agree with you. And so, what I'm saying to you guys is we are trying to reach a city that is so lost, they don't even think that they're lost. That's the hardest type of people to reach. The easiest type of people that reach are the ones that don't even know Jesus because they don't even know the transformative work that we have to offer. Problem is we are reaching people We're reaching people that have hardened themselves to the point that think that they're playing the religious game, but they don't actually know God at all. Happy New Year, everybody, right? (laughs) Yeah. And so this year, I want to break it down in three words for you. Everything that we broken down into three words. Now, I've, the staff knows this. The elders know this. I've, I've been telling them all from the get-go, this is what this year is going to be. I want it to be defined by three words, and it's transform, grow, and reach. Form, grow, and reach. That comes out of, if you're interested, it comes out of Acts chapter 2 through 47. Terry, I'm going to switch to this because this is driving me crazy. It's not your fault. It's mine. Is that better? I keep going in and out. It's driving me crazy. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. So as you figured out by now, because you're smart, I'm going to break down these three words the next three weeks. The first word is transform. That comes out of Acts chapter 2, 42 through 43. So let me encourage you. The next three weeks, don't miss church. Because these next three weeks are important. Especially if you're committed to following Christ and being a part of what God is doing here at Hope Church. You're going to want to hear what we have. So Acts chapter 2 verse 42 through 43 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Later in the scripture, it says, and they were adding to their numbers day by day. Guys, we have something. We are, now, this this may scare some of you. Some of you know this. Some of you don't. We are a Pentecostal church. I'm sorry if that was news to you. But we are a Pentecostal church, which what we mean is it's defined by what? The power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the power and the work and the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that we have a tool that no other, that may, not many other denominations have, which is the power of God to come alive in your life. So our first value of 2020 for Hope Church is going to be, we are called to be transforming lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
We are transforming lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. Go to Matthew chapter 10. Uh, We're going to start at verse 5. If you'd like to follow along in the black hardback Bibles that we have there in the chair in front of you, or it may be behind you, depending on where you're sitting. Um, It is on page 764, or you can follow along on the Hope Church Cleburne app. Blah, 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 blah. That's my spiel. You know it. Okay. So I'm going to read this to you. And what I want you to understand is the word of God isn't subtle. Sometimes it just slaps you upside the head. And when I was studying for this and and asking the Lord, Lord, reveal to me what, I mean, because there's so many verses of scripture that I could spend, I could spend days talking about the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I said, Lord, just give me one passage that sums it up nice and neat. And then boom, I ran right across this one. So Matthew chapter 10, verse five says these G now this is Jesus. This is Jesus telling the disciples what to do. He's saying, this is how you should go reach people. He said these 12 Jesus sent out instructing them go nowhere. The Gentiles, uh, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep. The lost sheep of the house of Israel. Guys, pause. I believe that is what we are facing. We have a bunch of lost sheep that need a home. There's 22,017 lost sheep within almost walking distance of the church that need a home. And here's what Jesus told them to do. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here's what he tells them to do. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons. That's what he tells them to do. So why is it that we don't do that? So today, you could be a good pastor. There's a four-point sermon right there. So point number one, we are called to heal the sick. Jesus has given us the power of the Holy Spirit to go and heal the sick. Now, I'm going to tell you of the four things Jesus tells us to do, this is probably the easiest. I don't think any one of us sits around and goes, you know what? I want to be sick. I enjoy being sick. This is the sickly time of year. This is cold and flu season. Wash your hands. But nobody, nobody goes to the doctor and go, doctor, you know what? Don't give me any medicine. I love being sick. It's the best thing in the world, right? No. I think we all understand that we want to be healed. But do we believe that God can do it? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a name it and claim it guy. I know that in many Pentecostal circles, they say, if you have enough faith, God will heal you. Sometimes it's not within his plan to heal you, but we have to have the faith that God can heal us. Now, some of you know, I've struggled a long time with, with lower back pain. Now, I had gone to the doctor a long time. And, and I'd gone to a pain management doctor and I'd gone to a back doctor and they pretty much told me, they said, pastor, uh, you're just going to have to get uh, a back fusion. 
Now, I was just barely 30 at the time, and I said, a back fusion. They said, yeah, you won't have any more pain, but you'll only be able to do this. I'm like, I'm a preacher. I can't do that. I can't stand on stage and only do this, you know? Just doesn't work. And so I said, Lord, you're going to have to do something here. So at the time, I was still traveling to our parent church, New Hope Church in Abilene. I'd travel there on Mondays and they'd have their elder meetings. Well, every Monday they had Monday prayer meeting, okay? You don't have the G because it's prayer meeting, right? Some of you will get that. Some of you won't. Uh, And one day, Pastor Chuck just gets up there. He said, Todd, I want you to come forward. The Lord told me you have something to heal. Now, understand, us pastors, we're the first to pray for people, but we're the last to ask for prayer. So it took a word of the Lord from him to go, Todd, the Lord told me that we needed to pray for you today. said, okay. So I asked him to pray for my back. And I left there and I went, "Hmm, okay. My back didn't hurt at the time. But then I went about three months and realized I'm not hurting anymore. Now that's not to say I don't have time to time that I have back pain. Now, usually it's when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, playing golf, hitting the ball too hard, you know, throwing my kids around in the pool. That's when my back will creep up a little bit. But guys, because I had the faith that God could heal me, he had healed me and I didn't even realize it. It took three months and I went, ha, I've not been hurting so much. And sometimes God has to hit, hit us upside the head. But why is it? that we think the God that created our body cannot heal it. He's called, in fact, the scripture says he's the great physician. And we don't think he can heal us. So that's the easy one. Heal the sick. You ready for the hard one? Two, raise the dead. Now, I, I said during our week, we have prayer before every service and I, and, or before the, the service. And, and I tell them, you know, I want these things to happen in our service. I pray that no one falls down dead in the service, so we have to test this one, okay? So do me a favor, keep breathing throughout this whole service, okay? Or we will have to practice what we preach, right? And we go, man, do we really want to raise the dead? Well, the disciples did this in Acts 9, 40 and 29 through 10 and Jesus actually raised three people during his ministry so what is he trying to say to us he's saying I went to the grave and rose again to show you that I have power over death so don't you think if people were dead and we prayed and they became alive do you think that would get people's attention that God is real our society is looking for these signs of is God real Someone that was dead that comes alive, it's pretty good proof, wouldn't you say? We're like, well, pastor, I've never heard of that happening. Well, I've actually had the opportunity to see this happen. Now, some of you skepticals would, would poke holes in my story, but it's my story. And one day when you get your own church, you can come tell a story too. Now, I was called to the hospital. A while back, and if you've been here a long time, you've heard me tell this story before because it's, it just floored me what God did. Now, a young lady, they're not a part of our church anymore. I don't think they're a part of any church. 
Um, they're part of the lost sheep that need to come back. But she was bleeding. She was four or five months pregnant at the time, and, and she was bleeding so much that, it, that it, she had to change her clothing. Now, if you've been pregnant before, you know that's, that's not usually good news. And so I was called to the ER to pray, as pastors usually are. And I, I asked them what was going on. And they did, the, they did a sonogram. And they said, the baby still has a faint heartbeat. But he's, not, he's probably not going to make it for very long. All right, pastor, it's your time to pray. So I walked a long walk. If you've ever been to Walls ER, I was in the very, 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 very back of Walls ER. So from the waiting room, them walking me back to the room, I'm sitting there going, what am I going to do, Lord? Because here's what goes through your head. You're thinking, God, if I pray that the baby will live and he dies, what's going to happen? Is it going to shake their faith? And right before I walk in the door, he goes, just let me handle it. I got it. So I walked in and I asked the young lady, I said, what do you want me to pray for? She said, I want you to pray that my baby would live. So I, you know, you have that inner conversation. I go, well, here we go, God, you're going to have to do this. So I lay my hands on her belly and we prayed. We prayed that the baby would live. And I left that hospital with the doctor saying the baby's not going to last through the night. And I woke up in the morning to a text from the dad that says, I don't know what you did, but the baby's alive. And he said, I didn't do anything. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that saved your baby. Now, I had the opportunity to meet that baby not too long ago. And it's amazing to see that God, in, in tragedy, God can bring life. Now, guys, I want you to understand that, that this is com coming from death to life is a physical thing, but it's also a spiritual thing. God can bring you from death spiritually into life. It's not just a physical thing. It's also a very spiritual thing as well. And so I want you guys to understand as we serve the God that has power over the grave... So why can he not exercise that when he chooses to? Why can he not exercise that power over the grave that he chooses to whenever he chooses? So we're called to go out. One, heal the sick. Two, raise the dead. Three, minister to the undesirables. Now, in, the, in, your, in your text, it says, it says cleanse the lepers. Now, if you know anything about lepers, it was such a infectious disease that they put them off in another part of the of the of the town they had their own town and said listen you can't come here because you're going to get a sick they were the cast out they were they were the down and outers so what Jesus is saying to you is saying go and minister to those people that no one else will guys I'm here to tell you we have one of those in our society they call them gen z now if you know anything about millennials that's me gen z is the generation behind me it's our youth age kids youth and college age kids would you believe that 59 percent of all generation z do not think 
church is relevant to their personal life. And of the Christians, of those saying that they follow Jesus, 46% of them say that church is not relevant for their life. Of the Christians, of the Christian Generation Z, when they asked, I find God elsewhere, in other places other than the church, it said 61%. So what I'm saying to you is, guys, we better understand that the church has to get young quick or it's not going to exist. Now, I'm not saying we should neglect older people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying older people have, have, a, have a right to be ministered just as much as the younger people, but it's up to the older generation to teach the younger generation the ways to go. And you know what we're teaching them now? Don't worry about church because it's okay to be, be without it. And so, guys, what I'm saying is the church as a whole. Now, we as a church as a whole, we're, we're a pretty young church. But we have a big gaping hole. Look around. Younger than me, you've got a couple people over here, one over here, one back there, a couple back there, one over here, and that's about it. Sorry to point you out, guys. I'm just trying to get people to understand. We're, we're glad you're here. Love you guys. But as the church, we tend to be comfortable with old ways. And the younger people don't want anything to do with it. Younger people don't want to be a part of ritual for ritual's sake. They want to be a part of something that is powerful. And you know what is powerful? The Holy Spirit. They want to be able to come in and feel that God is moving. So we're called to minister to the undesirables. And what I'm saying to you guys is we have to release the power of God on our nation or we will soon be in the minority. What you will see in these statistics is Generation Z, Christians that believe church and God are a priority, that is in a minority of the Generation Z. So if we don't get our act together, we already have leaders in our nation saying that we are a post-Christian nation. You know what I say? We are a pre-revival nation. And guys, I truly believe that the next great revival will happen around the signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because that's how it did for the Acts Church. So if it's in the Bible, don't you think it's good? Amen. I'm running out of time. Verse 4, or... Point four, we are called to cast out the demons. We are called to cast out the demons. Now, I know many of us are, are thinking, um, Pastor, are you going to call us to cast out demons? Yes, I am. And you know why I have confidence that you can do that? Because the one that you serve is more powerful than the ones that are inside those people. Now, let me get real serious with you real quick. Y'all good with that? Because I got a minute 30 and we got to hurry. 
I truly believe that many of our addictions are demon oppressions that are waging themselves as addictions in the natural. I believe that alcoholism, drug addiction, I believe they're all demonic forces that are pushing against us. Sexual addiction, anything like any addiction is demonic forces pushing against us, causing us to focus on things that are not of this world. Strife, anger, dysfunction, those are all demon oppressions that are just trying to keep us off focus from what God has called us to do. So guys, we are called as followers of Christ to see evil and call it out. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today? Number one, I'm asking you, are you burdened for our city and nation today? Are you burdened? I hope today you have a burden. Because what I'm telling you is you are here to be empowered. Why? So not so that the power could only dwell in this place, but you could take the power out to everywhere that you meet. When you have somebody at Walmart say, pass, say, oh, you go to church. Will you play, pray that so-and-so gets healed? Pray, get them healed right there. Don't you think they'll go, huh, maybe God's real. That's how they grew the church so quickly in Acts. It's because they released the signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit on these people. And they had no other choice but go, okay, I guess a relationship with God is the next thing. So are you burdened? There's 22,017 people that you could spit on from here. And we're happy with 300 people. May God have mercy on us for being okay with being comfortable. But guys, I'm not telling you it's easy. It's not easy. Our city believes that they're okay. They believe the lie of the devil that they're okay. But we have to release the power of the Holy Spirit to let them know that there's so much greater than rituals. There's so much greater than just showing up to church and reading your Bible. You have the power of the Holy Spirit to direct your life. I'm a little passionate about this. Have you noticed? Number two, do you need God to show, show up in your life? I, put, I forgot to put up. Rachel, you might add up in your life in one of these ways today. Do you need God to show up in your life in one of these ways today? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons. Guys, I know that you think that this last song that we're about to sing Thank you. I know that you, this last song you think that we're about to sing is like, all right, great. It's the last song. So we get to go home. No, this is the time for us to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out the demons, raise the dead. That's what this time is. So I'm asking you today, if you need healing, healing is in the house today. If you need freedom from addiction, freedom is in the house today. If, you, if, God, if you need God to bring your dead soul back to life, life is in the house today. Number three, are you ready to be empowered to transform our world? 
here's what I want you to do. I know this is a little cheesy, but I think it helps us. You guys are an army and you were called to take the power of the Holy Spirit and transform our town and transform our world. And I want today to be an empowering moment for you. I want you to stop being shy. I want you to stop thinking, well, this is for the pastor. It's not for me. You were called ministers of the gospel to take the power of the Holy Spirit wherever you go. So I want to ask you a simple question today. If you want to be empowered to reach the nations, I want you to stand up. If you want to be empowered to reach the nations, I want you to stand up. Hit the lights for me, Ronnie. I'm going to pray a prayer over you, an empowering prayer. Then after this, we're going to have our prayer partners in place. In fact, prayer people, would you go ahead and get in place so they can see you? I'm going to pray the power of the Holy Spirit over you guys. Then after this, if you have something in your life, if you need God to, to raise some death back to life in you, if you need some sickness out of your life, if you need demons cast out of you, that's your time. But let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, this is your army before us. Lord, you have called us to transform our city. You have called us to be transformers. So, Lord, I pray today that each and every one in this place would be empowered to take your spirit to the nations. Lord, I pray that each and every one in this place today would feel your power. Lord, fill them with your presence. Fill them with your power. Fill them with your fire to reach the nations. Lord, I pray that you would give them dreams. Lord, I pray that you would give them signs. Lord, I pray that you would give them prophecies, words of wisdom to speak out over people. And Lord, I pray that you would use these mighty, powerful instruments to reach the lost, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, and to reach those that no one ever thought could be reached. Use these people to do it, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As Pastor Mo sings, our prayer team's in place. I'll be right back down here too. If you need some of that power to work in your life today, we're here for you.